welcome to the show. This is your host, Coach Snow, and welcome to the inaugural episode of Coach Snow's Corner. This is a podcast that I've wanted to do for quite some time. Um, a co-worker of mine in my previous job and I would spend quite a bit of time each day, um, probably more <laughs> than we were supposed to, um, discussing the world of MMA and specifically almost always UFC. Um, you know, I've been a fan of mixed martial arts and a follower of UFC for the better part of the last 20 years. I think the first time I ever saw a Chuck Liddell fight, um, I was, I don't know, maybe 13 or 14. And it um, sent me down this path, and it's something I've been interested in ever since. And, you know, I'd have no professional experience as either a commentator or a um, contributor when it comes to um, when it comes to UFC or mixed martial arts so I do want to give that disclaimer that you know nobody from the UFC is paying me or um, probably are not going to be super interested to hear any of my um, takes on any of this stuff but you know that's why we're here this is for fun. I'm not really here to make money or try to get another job or anything like that. Since this is the first episode, um, I don't plan on having any ads on here. Um, if it's something that people seem interested in, I might do it later because, you know, an extra source of income is never something to turn your nose up at. But, you know, I wanted to make this show for me and for the handful of people that I know that might be interested in, you know, hearing my take on current events and um yeah so i'm excited to be here uh, if you're here listening and you've made it through this rambling so far then thank you so much for for being a part of it um i hope that this is something that is interesting and it's something that people want to hear and that you know is something that i can keep doing so um we'll go ahead and jump right in just because i don't want to waste any more of your time um, the first thing I want to talk about is, you know, each week I want to do a quick recap of any events that may have taken place over the previous weekend. So going into this week, obviously we have to talk about the most recent UFC fight night, um, or as you could probably call it, Hill Kick City. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm going to start with, obviously, the, the Hill Kick heard around the world uh, from Yokane Buckley um, came about midway through round two. Um, his opponent caught his foot, and he pulled one of the most spectacular spinning heel kick knockouts that I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, I don't know if at this point there's even any discussion for knockout of the year, because I think we can go ahead and just wrap it up and hand it to this guy, because that was... Um, I mean, I was, I was completely shocked. I really didn't have anything to say. <laughs> I mean, it's, it looks like some of those old Tekken video games. Like, I have just never seen anything like it. Um, if you haven't seen it, which I would be very shocked if you hadn't at this point, um, I definitely think you should go and find it because it's everywhere right now. Um, you know, Sunday morning, right after the 
the event itself, it was all over the internet. It was what everybody was talking about. It's definitely <clears throat> what I've been talking about since then. But yeah, it was definitely one of the the crazier knockouts that I've seen in a long time. Um, but you know, and that was just in the prelims. So you know, if we want to get into the actual main card. There was a, a couple of fights that went to decision um, that were, you know, not uninteresting fights, but I think that some of the some of the more spectacular highlight reel knockouts that we had over the course of the evening uh, definitely um, definitely overshadowed any of the the other fights on the card. Um, <clears throat> the main couple of fights that I did want to talk about is going to be Ben Rothwell and Marcin Tibera. Um, this fight went to decision. Um, was not, in my mind, a particularly interesting fight. But the reason why I bring it up is because at this point in his career, I'm starting to wonder what Ben Rothwell is still doing. Um, you know, he was, he was just completely outmatched in this fight by a younger and more in shape Tibera. Um, you know, and I've been a Ben Rothwell fan for quite a while. Um, he's been one of my one of my favorite guys at heavyweight, but you know, just watching this fight, it it definitely looked like he was past his prime, um, and that showed, you know, in the decision. Um, you know, I feel like he took a lot of damage. I think he probably took you know, more than he gave. Uh, really, the only time that we saw some significant success in this fight was in the clinch from him. Um, and at this point, you know, the, the heavyweight division is is full of a lot of very talented people, but it's not getting the attention that it used to get. Um, a lot of it being because, you know, of the last, I don't know, four or five heavyweight title fights. I mean, they've all been, they've all either had DC or um, Stipe in them. And now Stipe is kind of, I don't know, for lack of a better word, cleared out the heavyweight division. And so now we're looking forward to, you know, is there going to be a super fight between him and John Jones? Um, you know, what that fight looks like. Is there going to be a rematch with uh, Francis Ngannou. I think that if it was me, I think that's the fight to make. I think that's the fair fight. Uh, it may not be the money fight, but it's definitely the fight that um, I think a lot of fans want to see. You know, I think up to um, up to that fight, Francis Ngannou was just, I mean, crushing people. I mean, his knockout of Alistair Overeem is still one of the craziest things I've ever seen. And I've followed Alistair Overeem since he was in K1. Um, and it was, I mean, Francis Ngannou knocked him into orbit. I mean, it's one of the craziest knockouts that I've ever seen. And, you know, he was just smashing through every single person that he came across until that fight. And then, um, you know, I think that he had Stipe in trouble in the first round, but Stipe weathered that early storm and 
Francis blew his load in the first round, and that was it. And then the rest of it was pretty academic. You know, Stipe just picked him apart for the rest of that fight. And that definitely humbled him, and I think that that was a good experience, and that showed because in his next fight with Derek Lewis, um, he was just kind of a shadow of himself. He was a, he was really afraid to get out there with that power and just go for it like he typically would have. Um, and it showed because it was one of the most boring fights that has ever been on television. Um, so, since then, we've seen a new and more focused Francis. And he still has devastating power and he's still absolutely terrifying. But we're seeing a little more um, tactics, I guess. A little more finesse. And, you know, it doesn't hurt to remember this guy hasn't been doing this for this long. I mean, he's still fairly new to, to the MMA game as a whole. And, you know, I think that that's the rematch. You know, that's what I want to see uh, when it comes to heavyweight. I think that the John Jones fight is, is exciting, and it's something that, you know, would, would definitely drive sales, and especially if it's something that... Um, Especially with something that John Jones wins that fight, you know he's already in the conversation as, you know, the greatest mixed martial artist of all time. Um, and you know I have my own thoughts and opinions on it, but I mean you look at what the guy's done, and it's, you know, it's hard to deny that it's pretty impressive. With that being said, I do think that his last few fights have been less than spectacular. He's been kind of just cruising. Um, you know the way I've heard it described. Um, is that he's like a cat playing with his food. And I think that's pretty accurate. Um, because if he fought the way that he was fighting, you know, even six, seven years ago, he would absolutely be just smashing people the way that he used to. I mean, he used to just be... I mean, he was an incredible fighter and he was fun to watch, but now it's like he kind of just sits back, throws his counter shots, and wins every fight on points, and it's just not exciting anymore and then that's not even taken into account all of his antics and things outside of the promotion which definitely tarnishes his legacy um you know and then not for nothing he has this um he has this feud going right now with with izzy and you know i you know i'm maybe not a fan of the way that Izzy handles himself when it comes to his trash talking and that kind of stuff. But I do think he's probably one of the most impressive fighters that I've ever seen as long as I've been doing this. And, you know, you just watch literally any of his fights, but especially his fights with um, Kelvin Gastelum and his most recent fight um, just a couple of weeks ago. And, I mean... It's like nothing that we've seen in a long time, and he just is—he's um, just kind of next level. Now, you know, when he's fighting at 185, I mean, he moves up to even 205 and fights at light heavyweight. I don't know. I just don't know. I don't know how his—I don't know how his power translates to that. But anyway, we'll get to that another time. I'm getting off the rails. I need to get back to the recap. So, um, you know, Ben Rothwell, I love you, dude. I think you're one of the, the, the greats to ever do it, but I think it's, it's about that time. 
Um, Edson Barboza, I mean, he beat uh, Marquand Miracani. I don't. I don't think that it was a boring fight. I think Edson Barbosa always brings it, and I think he's an exciting fighter. However, this guy just has some of the best highlight reel knockouts of the last generation. And, um, you know, the last couple of fights that I've seen him in, you know, I'm just not seeing that same guy anymore. I don't know. I don't know what's changed there or if it's uh, just a matter of him losing his focus and love for it, but it definitely it definitely feels different. And then, of course, um, you know, main event, you know, performance of the night bonus went to Corey Sandhagen over Marlon Moraes. Oh, again, I mean, if you thought we were going to get, you know, it's, it's pretty rare to even see one. Uh, spinning heel kick knockout, but we got to see two in the same night. Um, and that's just a gift. I mean, Corey Sanhagen proves time and time again that he is an absolute threat at 135. And, you know, in a division of, of really talented fighters at 135, this guy just keeps proving it over and over again. So I'm looking forward to seeing kind of what's next for him because for the longest time at 135 the only fights have been or the only conversations have really been about you know Dominic Cruz, Cody Garbrandt um, and TJ Dillashaw and I think that that's really kind of unfair um, obviously the you know the discussion is there for Henry Cejudo I've never been super impressed with Henry Cejudo um, I think that he's a good fighter, but I've just not ever been super impressed with him. Um, I don't know if it's because he's super annoying. I'm not really sure what it is. Uh, I don't think that he's a bad fighter or anything like that, but I just, um, it has never been super impressed with him. So I don't know. I guess we'll see. I know that there's some talks right now about the next couple of title fights that are coming up. Um, I know Cody Garbrandt had to pull out of his title fight, so we're going to see who the replacement is there. But, you know, looking at the 135 division right now, Corey Sanhagen's definitely got to be in that conversation. So, All right. So that's kind of a brief recap. I mean, probably not as brief as it should have been. Um, thanks for hanging in there with me, guys. I know this is probably getting off the rails a little bit um hopefully as i go through and do a couple more of these we'll we'll get it streamlined a little bit since this is my first time so all right um so we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back we're gonna get to headlines Two major headlines today that I want to get into. First is being reported by TMZ. They had an uh, interview with former UFC champion Chris Cyborg, uh, who's also happens to be one of my all-time favorite fighters, not just female fighters, but just fighters in general. Um, you know, Cyborg had a 
long and tough journey getting into the UFC to begin with. And then it didn't, it was very complicated thereafter. Her relationship with Anna White was tumultuous, I guess, to put it best, uh, with her, you know, it doesn't really matter, I guess, what side you're on. At the end of the day, you know, Cyborg kind of came in and was an impressive fighter, as she always is. Um, you know, won the championship at uh, 145, which was basically a weight class that they created because they had her there. Um, you know, I still think there is a lot to be said about the fact that we never got to see Cyborg versus Ronda Rousey, but at this point... With Cyborg having lost and Rousey having lost twice, um, you know, the mystique of that fight is definitely gone. Uh, I think at this point, if we ever do see it, it's going to be in a WWE ring, and that's going to have its own drawbacks and take, you know, takeaways. Um, I hope that it's something that never comes to fruition at this point, just because it feels like a waste now. You know, it definitely feels like we, we missed the boat on that one. But TMZ is reporting, uh, this is as of this morning, that, um, you know, Cyborg's putting it out there, along with Scott Coker, who is the head of Bellator, that they would like to see a rematch between Cyborg and Amanda Nunes. I agree. I would also love to see that rematch um i think that that was definitely the fight that should have been made before she left the ufc but because of dana white and his obvious just distaste for cyborg for for whatever reasons um that fight never came to fruition now there's a lot to be said i think about um you know, about Dana and his his ideals and what he looks for in fighters. But I think that when you're running a company that is specifically, um, you know, it's, it's, it's about entertainment, right? I mean, at the end of the day, you could put together a card with, you know, the best fighters on the planet. But if the matchups are wrong and they all go out, and all the fights are boring, and they all go to decisions, it's going to be a bust of a card. So, whether you agree or disagree with that, the fact of the matter is that to most fans, and to a lot of people who are buying pay-per-views and who are watching these, uh, they want to be entertained. And a lot of that is going to be, you know, whether you agree with the trash talk styles of Conor McGregor and Israel Adesanya and even Colby Covington, it's hard to deny that those sell fights and those sell pay-per-views. So I think that the rematch between Cyborg and Nunez would be huge. I mean, the first fight was one of the most anticipated fights in women's MMA of all time. Um, and honestly, just in MMA in general, not just women's. Um, and we saw... You know, again, I think that Amanda Nunes is, you know, the, for lack of a better word, like the younger and hungrier Chris Cyborg of this generation. I mean, right now she is just the greatest, you know, the greatest fighter in women's MMA. And, um, you know, she's got to be in the discussion for just pound for pound best fighters in MMA whatsoever um, as a whole. So, 
you know, the rematch of that fight would be huge. I think that it would absolutely sell tickets. It's definitely a fight that I want to see. Um, but, you know, I guess the, the real question here is, it, is it something that I think that we're ever going to see come to fruition? Probably not. Um, as much money as it would make, Dana White and the people at UFC certainly have this idea of if they can't own it and brand it, they're not interested in it. Um, that's been shown most recently when, you know, Conor McGregor was trying to get this fight going with Dustin Poirier and they wanted to do it outside of the confines of the UFC and that was shut down almost immediately. Um, now, thankfully, we should still be getting to see that fight, but we're certainly not, but it's certainly going to be under the UFC banner. Now, what we're saying, uh, what we're seeing here, sorry, with this fight is, you know, Cyborg wants the rematch, obviously. Um, not only is it the first loss that she had had in, I don't know, a decade, um, it was the second loss that she'd ever had in her entire career. So she had literally lost her first fight and then never lost another fight until this one. And this one was in December of 2018, so just about two years ago, which is crazy. It's been that long. Um, you know, and she got knocked out in 51 seconds. And it was one of the most spectacular knockouts that we've ever seen. Um, it cemented Amanda Nunes as the, the greatest of all time in women's MMA. She became two-division champion uh, on that night, and she's defended both of those belts since. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, like I said, myself and a lot of people, I think, would really be interested in seeing this fight, uh, if for no other reason than just, you know, Cyborg's out for revenge, and she is one of the scariest fighters on this planet. I mean, we can't take this one loss and throw out the entirety of her career because she is terrifying. Um, and I think that that is part of the reason. I mean, I'm going to go on a limb and this might be out of, out of pocket, but I do think that that's a big reason for Dana White not being like a super huge fan of Cyborg. She's just not easily marketable. You know, she's terrifying and she's a very impressive fighter and she's exciting to watch. But she's not a Paige Van Zant, and she's not, um, you know, a Ronda Rousey. She's not a Holly Holm. She's not, for lack of a, you know, for lack of any way to say it, she's not a pretty face. Um, you know, you look at people like, for instance, Michelle Waterson, who is, again, one of my favorite fighters. Um not the most exciting fighter and definitely doesn't have the best record, but I mean, it's in her name. She is the karate hottie and she is still very much a part of the UFC and is still getting fights. Um, Chris Cyborg came in and had an all but undefeated record and was smashing people and just dominating the entirety of the division. And now she's gone. So, it just kind of is what it is, and I hate to say that, but, again, it's, it's an entertainment company. And, um, you know, I think that this fight would sell tickets, but it doesn't sell as many tickets as 
having this fight and then having Cyborg, uh, you know, on the cover of Sports Illustrated Fitness naked, you know, so take that for take that for what it's worth. But um, as much money as I think that this fight would generate, it's something I don't ever see happening, and um, that's kind of a bummer. So. <clears throat> On to the second and um, and final uh, headline that I want to get into is there's some discussion right now because a lot of people are talking about this Israel Adesanya and John Jones situation and the fact that um, you know a lot of people would like to see that fight. Um, not for just the fact that these guys have been just at each other's throats on social media and in interviews. And at this point, you know, they've both said some things that have made it personal. I think that, um, I think that would be an exciting fight. Um, is it something that we might see? Probably. Now, here's the thing. John Jones is already discussing going up to heavyweight, uh, which I think is a move that he should have made a long time ago, but um, that's just my opinion. Um, so he's going up to heavyweight, and he vacated the light heavyweight title, and that belt was decided a couple weeks ago, and the new light heavyweight champion is Jan Blahovich. Now, I think that Jan Blahovich won that fight the exact way that I said he was going to win it. And that was that if Dominic Reyes did not control distance and he let Jan Blahovich get in and in close so that he could utilize his power, then he would absolutely go to sleep because there is, I'm not sure, anybody at light heavyweight that has a chin that can withstand the kind of power that Jan Blahovich is bringing whenever he brings it. I don't think that, I don't think that Jan is the most, um, polished or um, tactical striker that's out there but he has some crazy insane power especially in that left that left hook and um, now the headline here is that Jan Blahovich has issued a warning to UFC middleweight champion Israel Adesanya and this is regarding Israel Adesanya's uh, recent comments that he was going to go up to light heavyweight and take that belt I think that Izzy would make it a very interesting fight. Um, and I think that Izzy is a much more tactical and proficient fighter than Jan Blahovic. Um But it comes down to the same thing that I said about Dominic Reyes. If this fight gets into a position where Izzy can't utilize distance and range and his very tactical, very precise striking... If Jan Blahovich puts his hands on you, I mean, you're going to go to sleep. And it doesn't really matter who you are. Um, you know, and when it comes to people moving up from 185 to 205, we saw that with uh, Luke Rockhold. Luke Rockhold's not a terrible fighter. Um, I don't like him because I think he's just a jerk. But, you know, when he fought... Um, when he fought Jan Blahovich, 
he got hit so hard that I am shocked that he's doing okay, that he can still read sentences right now. I mean, it was scary. And now, the the definitely the argument can be made that Luke Rockhold got knocked out at 185 by Michael Bisping. And Michael Bisping is a, is a good fighter. Um, he's one of my all-time favorites. But he's certainly not known for having, like, one-shot knockout power. And it showed in that fight. I mean, it took a couple of shots to, like, knock Luke Rockhold out. And they were just clean shots. And a lot of that is down to Luke Rockhold just being arrogant and um, not paying attention. So, and he, and he lost. So, good for him. Good for Michael Bisping. That was a happy night for me. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what that fight looks like. You know, Israel Adesanya is undefeated. He's 20-0. and 0. Uh, he's 9-0 and 0 since he's been in the UFC. Um, you know, Jan Blachowicz has a 27-8 and 8 record. Um, he's been 10-5 and 5 within the UFC. The jump from 185 to 205 is a huge jump. I mean, you think about it, it's 20 pounds. I mean, you know, at this point, Izzy's probably walking around at like 195. So, I mean, you know, he bulks up and cuts to 205. We'll see. Um... The big question there, and it's going to be the big question if he fights John Jones, especially if he fights John Jones at 205, is how does his speed and precision stick with that extra 20 pounds? So that's a question that I'd love to see answered. Um, I want to see Israel Adesanya step up to 205 because at this point, I mean, he has cleaned. He has cleaned the middleweight division. And I don't mean... Like, he's just won fights. Like, he has dominated fights. Like, with the exception of Kelvin Gastelum, you look at, like, his last four or five fights, and he looks like he wasn't even in a fight. He looks like he barely broke a sweat. You know, Robert Whitaker, one of the greatest of all times, cleaned him. Paulo Costa, undefeated. It took him just over one round, and he made it look easy. It was, I mean, he didn't break a sweat. I mean, it had to have been one of the most... Like, he just put on a clinic. And I think one of my favorite quotes from Izzy is that he doesn't throw in hope that he aims and fires. And that was on full display. Paulo Costa is a similar fighter to Jan Blahovich. He comes forward, he's got crazy power, and we saw what Izzy did with him. And we saw what Izzy did with him at 185. So, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's up in the air. I mean, my thought is that it's, my thinking is that it's going to be very similar. Uh, Paulo Costa was undefeated. Jan Blahovic is definitely not undefeated. He's been around for a while. Um, I think he's more of a veteran. I think he's got more experience. And that showed against, like, Dominic Reyes. Um, I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know how that fight looks. I don't know how it plays out, but... You know, if I had to put money on it right now, I'm going to say it plays out very similar to the way that the Izzy and Paulo Costa fight did. I think that Israel uses his distance, he uses his precision, and he snipes him, and and that's that. So, I don't know. I'd, lo I'd love to see it, but I guess, uh, I guess we're waiting to find out. So, Alright, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back with predictions.
and welcome back. We're here for predictions. So, coming up this weekend, um, the main fight that I'm going to discuss here, and hopefully I can keep this brief so we can make make a little bit of time back. I'm trying to keep these episodes not super long. Um, so, I want to talk about, obviously, the main event, Brian Ortega versus the Korean Zombie. I love Brian Ortega. He is one of my favorite fighters. Um, he's definitely one of the more interesting and exciting fighters that I've seen. Um, this guy's jujitsu and just his overall style is insane. Uh, just insane and crazy. With that being said, um, his last fight with uh, Max Holloway showed a ton of holes in his game and one of those holes being that he does not know how to block hooks um not even a little bit and um i think that he just has this kind of crazy style where he comes forward and um gets a hold of you and lets that jujitsu go to work and 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 i'm telling you i love brian ortega i'm not here to speak ill of the guy but if he could not handle shots from Max Holloway, then folks, I'm just going to tell you, he's going to have a real bad time with the Korean zombie. Like, 2020 bad time. Like, it's not going to be very much fun. Um, so, yeah. I see this fight going one of two ways. Um... Brian Ortega is somehow in the last couple of years figured out how to not get beaten uh, to a bloody pulp and learned how to do some blocking. And we are able to see him get into this fight and utilize his game plan, control distance, get takedowns, and uh, put his submission skills to work. That would be one way. And honestly, that's kind of the way I'd like to see it go because... Again, I really like Ortega. I don't have anything against, you know, TKZ, but I just have been a fan of Ortega for a long time, and I think this is a fun matchup. Um, it's definitely one of the more exciting fights that we have to look forward to right now. Um, so, yeah, so I'm, I really hope that's the way it goes. However, I think it's more likely to go the other way, which is that Korean Zombie utilizes his much, much, much superior striking skills and boxing abilities, and he absolutely smashes Brian Ortega's face and puts him to sleep. So, I don't know. I mean, either way is going to be an exciting fight. Um, if it goes either of those ways, hopefully we don't see the traditional kind of clash of styles where it's just very timid and both parties are too afraid to really go for it because if that's the case and this is going to be for a super long fight it's going to be a very long 25 minutes if that's the case um but yeah my thought is it's probably korean zombie inside of two rounds by knockout so that is my prediction the rest of the card is is pretty decent <clears throat> The only other fight that like I'm really kind of excited about is definitely uh, Caitlin Chukagan versus Jessica Andrade. Um, I think that's a I think that's a very fun fight. Um, not sure that it's going to be a fast fight, but 
Um, you know, Jessica Andrade has got crazy scary power. Um, she's doing this fight at flyweight, uh, which we're going to see how she fares there. Uh, I think Caitlin Chukagan is one of the, the best fighters at that weight class. Um, so it's exciting. I mean, it's an exciting fight. I look forward to seeing, uh, how it goes. And, um, I don't know that I really have a prediction for that, but I'm going to go with Caitlin in this one by decision. So, uh, let's see. What do we have on the prelims? Yeah, nothing... Nothing too terribly exciting. Um, I could be completely wrong. I mean, I may be back here next week and, um, well, you know, with my foot in my mouth. So I guess we'll see. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to Brian Ortega, the Korean Zombie. Um, it's probably the, the main fight that I'm looking forward to seeing that night. And, um, yeah, so that's my predictions there. All right, guys. Well, if you have stuck this far then congratulations you've made it to the end um i have had a lot of fun doing this um i'm hoping that i have learned a lot from it specifically on uh, time management and how to keep it a little bit uh, more concise going forward i don't want to make a a long rambling podcast um you know i Again, I'm not a professional commentator. I'm not a professional analyst. It's, um, I'm just a huge fan. I have a, a huge passion for the industry, for the fight game. Um, I love watching every opportunity that I get. And it's, um, it's been one of the, the highlights of my life, it being a part of it. So, um, so that's it for today. Uh, I hope that you guys have enjoyed this. If you have... You know, uh, tell somebody about it. Send them a link. I'm not here to, to beg for likes and subscribes or anything like that. But, you know, it definitely wouldn't go amiss. Um, if you have the few seconds it takes to leave me a quick review, that would be amazing. Um, again, you know, I'm, I'm doing this for fun. I'm doing this for because I love this. Uh, I love the sport and I love... This idea of podcasting is something, again, that I've wanted to do forever. And um, and so, you know, again, shout out to Jason. Um, if you're listening to this, if you've made it all the way through, you're the best. Thank you. And I appreciate your uh, your encouragement to do this. And I hope that this has been um, what, you were, what you were hoping it would be. So, um, all right. That's it, guys. I'll see you next week.